0: We were coming to church this morning, and me and Jansen was, was listening to, Dear, this is the days of Elijah, preparing the way of the Lord. The world can't sing that. This is the, the days of prophet Moses, righteousness being See, the world can't sing songs like that. They can't sing songs because they don't know God. Are you all up this morning? <laughs> They have no no covenant with him. They've never experienced his presence. They never come to the place where they can worship God. And you know, I was thinking, you know, know, people that listen by the internet on the sermons from the swamp, they're they're, they're hearing the same words you're hearing. And I want to encourage you to pray for that little podcast because I looked this morning, I have a lot of people listening to the message coming out of this church. Come on, somebody. People are hungry to know truth. Christians are that are following false prophets and stuff. They know something is wrong. Those that have the Spirit of the Lord in them know there's something wrong in the modern church and in, 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 in the world. But for you, for you and me, we have the right to worship. Because we know about his love. We know about his great sacrifice. We know what he's done in our lives. I've heard worldly people sing amazing grace, but I don't think they know what it's about. It sounds good, but they don't know the grace of God. They don't know the mercy of God. They don't understand the things of God. I'm I'm getting off in preaching before I pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. I thank you for the Word of God, Father, for your spirit, your anointing this year that was upon my mom, Yvette, my wife, the Lord, all of those, that little Jean, lead us in worship, Father. And I just thank you for them, because they got a heart for you, Lord. Jesus' name. How many glad you're in church this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to look at our covenant this morning, okay? Do you know what your agreement is with the Lord this morning? Do you know what your covenant is with God? See, when you sign a contract, you make an agreement. Somebody goes buy a house, they they agree to pay for that house. 15, 30 years, whatever it takes. But you see, if you break that contract, somebody's in trouble. See, God has made a covenant, a contract with us. See, most people today, they think Christianity is what you can get from God. I'll sign this contract, but I'm going to get something back. It's not what you're going to get. It's what you were given. And if you fly that contract and you see what it's about, you know that God has made a plan for your life. In the contract, he promised you eternal life, right? In the the contract, he promised that if you would trust him, he would heal your body. In the, con- Hold on, man. In the contract, he promised that he would free your mind from torment, fear, and doubt. In that contract, he promised you that he would take care of you, you, you forever. In that contract, he promised that he would save you from the fires of hell, right? right? But how many people really know what their covenant's about? You want to tell me the Romans... Chapter 10, verses, uh, verses uh, 14. I'm going to start there this morning. A lot of what I'm going to say this morning, I'm going to paraphrase. Okay, so we can save us time, but you're going to know that it's in the Bible. You can write it down and go look for it yourself. Paul's emphasis on this chapter was that he was trying to reach his people, the Jewish people, okay? His heart was that they would be saved. He said he wished he was a curse that his his people or the nation of Israel would be saved. But his heart and love for these people were were all over his writings. But they refused to acknowledge Jesus, okay? Okay? They refused to acknowledge the, the the sacrifice that God made through his son. They knew a Messiah was coming. But they thought he was coming out of their own little group. A, 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 a fish, I mean, a, a carpenter. Joseph and Mary wasn't rich. They didn't have the luxuries of the... Temple. They didn't have the luxuries of the, uh, all of all of those that served them. the priests and all these people. They had some money. They were selling God. Come on, you, but you might not listen. They were using, taking money that was supposed to be given. Men, women were bringing their offering to them. Their gifts to them. When they should have been taking care of their parents. When they should have been doing what God told them to do. But the Bible says you you made void the commandment of God through your own tradition. They were stealing God's money. They were stealing God's... Listen, we, we, we live in a time where religion is doing the same thing. And I don't want to get off in it. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm after this morning. Because most Christians don't understand what they have in Christ. They don't understand the covenant you made when you got born again. See, God didn't save you from hell. He gave you the promise of eternal salvation if you continue serving Him. I believe in eternal security only if you're in the will of God. Because I can prove that through the book of James. That he that doeth the will of God abided forever. Come on, somebody. But God has given us a promise that if we serve him, he'd bless us, right? Now, I'm going to tell you what. I watched Christians. I had a guy tell me one time, since I became a Christian, all hell broke loose. Everything's going wrong. Sure, because the devil wants to steal what you have. He's going to make you discouraged. He's going to try to depress you. He's going to try to bring you down so he can steal the joy of the Lord. Come on, Holy Ghost, out of your life. The joy of serving Jesus. The joy of accepting what he has in that covenant. Somebody say amen. Amen. Paul is writing... Concerning Israel. Rejection of Christ here, okay? Did they not know? Listen, they, I, I said a while ago, Moses probably was one of the greatest prophets. What Jesus said John the Baptist was. But these men, John the Baptist, Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Their message was to the children of Israel. See, most people don't understand. We got the word, we got the Old Testament, but that that was written to the nation of Israel. Okay? Now, the commandments were given because, you see, idolatry, making other gods and placing that before the Lord is a sin. Come on, somebody. Not honoring the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind is a sin. So I find in my life that God gave some some commandments, like I said a while back, those are not ten opinions. That's not what God thinks you ought to do. He said, thus said the Lord, in his commandments reflects his character, right? And how he feels about sin. As holy as those commandments are, those ten commandments, they could never save a soul. I know people say, well, yeah, but you, you know, listen, I'm going to tell you right now. My Bible teaches that I've been saved through grace, through faith, not of myself. It is a gift of God. By grace are you saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. There's a covenant in that Jesus. It doesn't say just get saved and accept Jesus and you can sin all you want. That's not what he's talking about. Paul makes it very clear. The commandments were given to instruct you about sin. So, the commandments were given to expose sin in your life. When the commandment said, "Thou shalt not," and you was doing it, you were in sin. Come on. If you lie, you break God's commandment. If you steal, you break God's commandment. If you dishonor your father and mother, you break God's commandment. If you set up an image or an idol before God, you break His commandment. You're guilty. But because of the grace of God, because of my covenant with Jesus, I've been forgiven. (laughs) What a story, man. That excites me. I could be going on a one-way street to hell right now. Because of his great commandment, because of his great sacrifice, I mean, I'm born again. (laughs) I've been made new. Old things have passed away because all things are made new. Nothing in my past matters anymore as long as I put my face and eyes on Jesus. The devil would say, Yeah, but you remember what you used to be? You remember what you've done? I was sharing that with Janice. I said, That old lady's dead. I can dwell in there and be in self-pity, but God don't want me there, y'all. He wants me to go forward, forgetting those things that are behind me, pressing forward for those things that are ahead, forgetting those sins of the past, serving him. The devil likes to keep Christians in the past. He likes, mom, I feel it, man. He wants you to feel like you're no good. He wants to make you feel like you can't prosper. He wants to make you feel like God wants nothing to do with you. Oh, you remember what you did, Sister Madeline? You're, listen, that's where the devil wants you. Because he can defeat you. Come on, somebody. Paul is preaching about Israel here. He says, how then shall they call on him whom they will not, not, not believe? You, tell, you go tell an unbeliever, just believe Jesus. That's stupid. Because first of all, they don't know God. How are they going to believe on somebody they they don't believe? How are they going to trust somebody they never surrendered their life to? Now we do it. I say, I'll pray for you. Yeah, that's great. That's the way to do it. You tell me to believe, what, what do you believe? How are you telling me to believe in something I've never heard? Go tell those people living in the backside of a jungle in Africa somewhere, just believe God, they're going to look at you like you're a nut. Because they don't know God. We're there to present them the gospel. So they can know him. Right? So we, come on Holy Ghost. So they can get saved. So tell them about Jesus and what he did at Calvary so they can be born again. Right? But they don't know. Tell, just believe God for a miracle. Well, how? Believe who? How can they believe on somebody they've never heard? Or heard of. He says, And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? See, for, to, to a lost person, telling a lost person that Jesus is the God of miracles, you need to believe him. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's, that's darkness to them. They don't know that. Like the songs we were singing this morning. They can't sing those songs. They don't know God. Come on, somebody. When a person gets born again, his life changes, his heart changes, and his desires change. His passions that he had before are gone. Sometimes it takes a while. I'm not saying that you, you, when you get born again, everything is erased because we still got to fight with this what you call it? Flesh. flesh. I'm going to tell you something the flesh does not want to do what God says. It doesn't want to pray, it doesn't want to read the Bible. It doesn't want to go to church. It doesn't want to see God. It doesn't want. It's so easy to get in the flesh. I remember years ago as a young preacher, I preached a message and all I called it flesh, flesh, flesh. (laughs) The three enemies of God, the world, the flesh, and the devil. The world would like you celebrating Halloween today. Halloween, I'm sorry. Halloween. They would like you dressing up just like them. Hey, I heard something last night. The guy that that printed the Satanic Bible, the founder of the Church of Satan, he said he was so glad that at least one day of the year, Christians allowed their little kids to dress up on Halloween. This is from a Satanist. There's somebody that don't know God. He's he's, he's the author of the Satanic Bible. He was so glad that at least Christians let them celebrate uh, Satan one day of the year. And they got their little pumpkin patches going on. They got their little cute little things going on. It ain't God. God doesn't want us celebrating Satan. How carnal have we become? It's just plain darkness. The spirit of death and wickedness and idolatry and witchcraft. Why in the world would God want us to be celebrating anything? We ought to be praying tonight that somebody don't die for, in, in the name of that ungodly thing called the devil. Somebody's child's going to be sacrificed tonight. Come on. B- uh, debauchery and, and, and drunkenness and adultery and wickedness. You know what's the biggest crime? Day of the year, to say they estimate that the c- people commit more crimes on Halloween. Because the, the spirit of rebellion. I can't handle the church celebrating Or even dressing up their little children as characters. God doesn't want us. This this is the night of death and the night of destruction for a lot of people. This is the night of which, that's the high night. Christians ought to not be taking part in that stuff. I wasn't planning to say that, okay? But it's it's what, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, the Bible says. I didn't write that. But anyway, Paul is preaching. He said, how shall they hear without a preacher? How important is a preacher? What is a preacher? A preacher is somebody proclaiming something, right? I said many times, you heard me. I am not the message. I'm only the messenger. I am not, I am not Jesus. Lord, bear forth from me. (laughs) I'm only the word giver or the messenger. Our country right now sends ambassadors all over the world. What, what, what are they bringing to the, the rest of the world? They're bringing a message from the government of America. It's not too hot right now, but anyway. But that's what they're there for. They don't make the rules. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And an ambassador don't tell, make decisions. They only give the message, right? From the messenger. From the president or whatever. Congress or whatever America represents. That's what, they, rep- that's what they, go. they go. They can't go out there and give their own opinions. They can't go out there and make their own, their own words and laws. They go with the message for the messenger. So you're an ambassador. You're under the covenant of Christ. One of the root things that God commands us to do is to proclaim the good news. The good tidings of the, of the mighty Christ. Coming of Jesus. And repentance of sin, right? Right. What does that got to do with you? A lot. Okay? I'm here today, and you're here today because we're ordered by the Lord. Come on, y'all. There are people that are supposed to be here this morning that's not here and should have been here. And you know what? But yet they said they, they trust Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to pick on people. I'm just saying, if we really love him, where would we be? We'd be where Jesus is, right? If we really loved him, we'd be where his presence is. We'd serve him because God commands us to serve him. Your covenant with Jesus is not with man. It's with the, with the blood of Christ. I'm not going to heaven because I keep a law. I'm not going to heaven because I keep a certain day. Or do a certain thing. I'm going to heaven because of the covenant I made with the Lord. When I got born again, he became my king. When I got born again, he became my, my life. He's the one that makes, makes decisions in my life. He's the one that plans my life out. He is the author and the finisher of my fate. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised in shame. Sat down on the right hand of, oh my God, the right hand of God the Father. He, he is the author of your life. He is the planner of your life. He is the one that decides what goes on in your life. Have you ever saw a rebellious child? I mean, I mean, we all saw it. Don't do that. And they, they tighten up. and say, their whole body does this. I'm gonna do what I want. God says, "Don't follow that way." And you tighten up. God, God can't rule all of my life. <laughs> God can't tell me what to do every time. Well, that's part of the covenant. We're not perfect, yo. You think I do everything God says every time? I'd be lying to you to, to, to your face. My flesh still fights, it still wants to do what I want. But under the covenant, we're to do what Jesus wants. And I tell you what, when I, when I do what I want, I feel it spiritually. Because I feel God it's a million miles off. And I'm going to tell you something. That ain't a good feeling, okay? I hate to be not feel the presence of the Lord. This morning I felt His presence. I've been feeling since last night. Me and Janice was having church in my bedroom. Things that God was trying to show. And listen, I was sharing with, with Janice. I said, I want to know what's in my heart. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And pretend I got it all together. Inside I got pride and hate and lust and these things. I don't want that in my life. I don't want the things that's not pleasing to the Lord. So it it gets personal because me and God got to settle some things, okay? You're not settling it with me. You're settling it with God. And according to his covenant, you have to come in his presence and surrender. You are the recipient of what God has. Now, you can walk out this building and say, I don't want nothing to do with Jesus, and go to hell. That's your own choice. But if you're going to remain in the covenant that God gave you, you're going to be where God is, right? And you're going to hear his voice. Now, if you want to close your Bible, I'm going to read you, kind of paraphrase, okay? Because I got a little few little things, and it's mostly out of the book of Romans, okay? So if you can write it down, it would save me a little time, (laughs) So we know that how shall they hear without a preacher? What are they preaching? Do you think that malarkey you hear uh, on, on, on so-called evangelism on television? is? If God... oh, listen, I was watching, I told you, yes, I was, the, the Dove Awards. They ain't... Listen, the Dove is a representation of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit was a million miles from that place. Though the words sound right, the songs talk about Jesus. But the reflection of what Jesus is wasn't in none of those people. Because you got, you know, and and listen, you can wear your hair long, short, whatever you want, but it was a spirit of rebellion. They were doing exactly what the the world was doing. They were dressing and doing, doing strange things. It wasn't about representing holiness. It wasn't about representing you know the, the the cross it was about listen a lot of and i'm I'm awful you know a lot of them like I was saying this morning that's not no real old songs, but that's some good stuff, but some of it becomes that, 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 that music industry has become a religion, and most people don't even go to church they just sit down and listen to a christian artist on on, on the radio or sing then they're not even bound up in the commit, the commitment of the covenant that God gave them they think that's god's covenant now. You might disagree with me. I've, I've seen it lately. The, the people have drawn away so fast away from the Lord. They don't mind singing the songs, but get them go clean the church toilet and see what happens. Or, or, or mop the floor. Or... <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on. This building here represents a testimony, Okay. The building is a, just wood and sheet rock. No, it's a testimony of the gospel. That's been preached here for many years. Okay, This is just not a building. It's a place where we worship. It's a place where we meet God. So when the world out there sees that building, like we're painting and fixing up and stuff, they say something is seriously going on over there. But look how, look how it looks good. Look at it painting and putting flowers and, and stuff. These people really care about their, their place of worship. See, when we don't care about the house of God, there's something wrong going on in our heart. Now, I'm not telling you this is salvation, this building, but it's a testimony of where the gospel is, where it's been preached, okay? How shall they hear without a preacher? People think you got to open your Bible and go and preach, point fingers and stuff. Sometimes your life is a, is a message. Sometimes you, you might be the only Bible that they, they'll even read. They see those cars parked outside and around us. They know, they know you know, they, they see people coming here. After a while, they're going to say, man, I need to find out what's going on. <laughs> and the power of our faith And coming to church and following our faith and following Jesus, it's going to be rooted. It's going to bring manifest righteousness. It's going to manifest other sheep, right? We can't be barren. Listen, we can't be sheep that don't got no sheep or bear no sheep. God has called us to be sheep bearers. We're to carry the gospel, which is to produce other sheep, right? What fertilizes that seed or that egg is the gospel. What makes other sheep is your testimony and your faith and your witness and your and preaching to someone else. And Jesus has changed my life. I had a little brother one time tell me, he says, I try to share the gospel with someone else." Tell telling him, you know, he was using another method. And I was listening and I said, you know what? Why don't you just tell them your testimony? <laughs> Why don't you tell them? And you see, he he was saying they weren't listening to me, because he was using the modern way of preaching, which is you know I got to let I got to explain Jesus to them. You don't have to explain Jesus to nobody. You just got to share what he's done in your life. My question is this: Sometimes we sit there and I say, I. I can't tell you how, I can tell you what he's done in my life. I can tell you I was a lost sinner heading for a devil's hell. I wouldn't be here today if it wouldn't have been for the power of the Holy Ghost and the power of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. He changed my life. He changed my life. I don't want to hear how Jesus was just a good preacher, a good teacher. I want to hear what he's done in my life. Come on somebody. I want to hear what the promise he made, the covenant he made in my life, what difference it made in my life. We're just too busy trying to explain Jesus to people. You don't need to explain Jesus to nobody. God don't need your apologetics and he doesn't need your explanation He don't need you to explain Jesus. you believe what Jesus says. You preach what happened in your life. Some of the best preachers in the world, some testimony preachers, amen? Let me tell you what the Lord has done in my life. He's changed me, filled me with the Holy Ghost. Listen, those things happen, y'all. Seriously, we need to stop doing what the world is doing and do what the Bible says. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely you receive, freely give. That's the message. That's the great commission. Well, let me see what Dr. So-and-so says, and let me see what Brother So-and-so says. Just do what Jesus says. Amen? Amen? We got so many preachers right now trying to imitate another preacher. They want to sound just like him or her. They go out there and they try, they try to emulate what they heard another preacher say. Come on. <laughs> they, they even sound like him. They talk like him. Oh, <laughs> come on, somebody. Huh? I'm not here to emulate nobody. <laughs> I just can tell you what God has told me. And you should be the same way. I can tell you the covenant that I made with the Lord and what he's done in my life and how it works. I have seen miracles. I've seen eyes, me and my wife both. Eyes that were blind, a little baby, a little girl, eyes open. A man healed overnight of cancer. I saw all that stuff. The power of God, man, he's real. He's real. His power is real. Why are we trying to explain Jesus? Why don't we just do what he says? He never said, go and explain me to people. Go explain me to people. Explain them my love. He said, go and preach the gospel. Don't stop along the road and act so and so. What do you think about such and such? All you have to do is follow this book. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the sacrificing me at Calvary, dying on the cross of my sins. That's my preach. That's the message I have, praise God. I can tell you how he's healed me. I can tell you how He saved me. I can tell you how he's delivered me. That's the great commission. You know, the Lord spoke to my heart about this church, okay? You make sure you tell people to worship me and tell them I am the only way. See, people get mad if you say, well, do you believe you have the only way? Yes, I do. Buddha's not the way. Mary's not the way. Come on, somebody. Mohammed's not the way. Harry, Harry Christian is not the way. Lenny's not the way. Come on, somebody. Listen, a preacher's not the way. A prophet's not the way. Moses is not the way. Elijah's not the way. Listen, Jeremiah's not the way. These are men of God. They're not the way. Bible says John the Baptist came and what he did. He prepared the way of the Lord. He didn't preach his own way. He lost his head for that. Because he didn't shy and said, You Herod, it's not right you take your brother's wife. You are a fornicator, an adulterer. And that old demon Jezebel wife he had had him arrested. Come on, somebody. And he had used her own daughter to seduce Herod. Lord knows whatever, whatever went on through it. Listen, because she was evil. Because she didn't want to hear about her sin. She liked her sin. Come on, somebody. She didn't want to hear the truth. She didn't want to hear the gospel. Because she liked her sin. How dare you tell me I can't do this? How dare you tell me I can't do this? No, I don't tell you. God tells you not to do it. The Holy Ghost tells you what's, what not to do. Because it's part of the covenant. He's the driver, right? Come on, somebody. <laughs> no, I like to drive part of my own life. Well, you're gonna, you can go to hell with your own life. That's your business. But he is the driver. He's going to tell you what, 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 the, what needs to be done. And what's good about it, it's not a bunch of ruse as much as the joy of being in the peace of God. I'm in peace when I'm in right with God. you understand what I'm saying? I'm at peace. I feel the joy of the Lord, the presence. I wouldn't trade that for nothing. Hallelujah. I love feeling God's presence. I love feeling His Spirit. I love walking in His way. Praise God. Listen, I, listen, I, have, I ain't in bondage to, to nothing. Um, Jesus is my salvation. The only, the only thing I'm in bondage to is to serve the Lord. I was once a slave of sin. Now I'm a slave to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Paul makes you need to, when you get a chance, you gotta take a, a good a bit of time. Read Romans 6 7 and 8. Oh, listen, it's very clear that Jesus is my master. And I'm a slave to Christ. You're a slave to somebody. You could be a slave to sin like in chapter 6. And, well, chapter 6 says that. Chapter 7. But I've, made, I've been made free from the law of sin and debt. I'm not bound by sin. Sin is not my master no more. Jesus is. If sin is controlling your life, you need to go check your heart. If you can't break from sin, I know people fight with things. and they, they deal with things. Some people deal with different situations in their life. If something is bounding you up, you better see if it's God or not. If something you can't let go of is controlling your life, then listen, you're not a, you're not a servant to sin. You're not, a, you're not bound by sin anymore. Let me just read to you, okay? Just kind of just listen for a minute. I'm going to quote them. Romans 6, verse 1 and 2 talks about, How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? You know what bothers me when I hear Christians say, We're all sinners. No, we're not. Come on, somebody. If, I, if I'm in sin, then I'm not free. Right? Jesus said, The wages of sin is death. But the gift of, of 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 life is through Jesus Christ. Let me show you. I remember I preached this. You remember Mr. I uh, well not he passed away, but he, he was putting those tents up. Just a you remember, what's his name again? Yeah, he and he brought it to Henderson, and I was I was in Henderson, passing church over there, and he let me preach. Listen, I love preaching under a tent. I don't know what it is, there's something different about doing it the old way. <laughs> And look, this is the message. If you're in sin, you're not free. No, you're not perfect. That's not what I'm talking about. You still battle. This ain't never got saved yet. But you're not a sinner. A sinner sins because he's a sinner. Let you try to sin and see how far you're going to get with God. He'll deal with your heart right there. Listen, he'll come in and say, this is wrong. You need to repent of this. And you know, if, I, if something happens, I ain't going to sleep until I get it right. If something I've done something that offended the Lord, if I've sinned, I, I ain't gonna sleep. But it says this how shall we that how you we that uh, right live in sin anymore or any longer in it? If you've been made free. Romans 6 and, 7 and, 6 and 7, verse 6, the old man is crucified with him. And what it means is that as Jesus died, and the symbolic of the, the of baptism, as Jesus was baptized and brought you know to the newness of life, so are we. Did you ever hear a dead person curse? I mean, you went to many funerals, right? Did you ever did you see ever see a dead person get up and blaspheme God? You know why? Because he's dead. <laughs> if you've died to sin, why are you living in it? Now, maybe none of you are, but I'm saying. The part of the covenant is that God gave us freedom from sin. Listen, when preachers say, oh, we're all sinners, you might be, but I'm not. I'm not being self-righteous by saying that. If I'm not free from sin, then I'm not saved. That don't mean that we we don't. This is. <laughs> you're looking at me like, like i'm crazy but this has never got saved you understand this flesh is gonna fight god as much as you don't want some time it fails god too but the inside man the inner man the, the, the part that's born again is not a sinner i've been made free from the law of sin and death you need to go read chapter six especially of romans and you're gonna see what i'm talking about how many times paul says i've been made free You've been made free. You've been made free from what? The law of sin and death. See, the law and the Ten Commandments condemned you. Paul said, what I thought to be life unto me was death. So he said, those commandments judged me and showed me what was wrong with my my life. It brought brought sin and it made it more, it, it was abundant, you could see the sin. Made it exceedingly sinful. But he said, "Without the law, I was I was free. If there's no law to judge you, then you're not a sinner, right? The law told you you was a sinner. The Ten Commandments told you you was a sinner. They told you what sin was, and you had to base your life on those commandments, right? The Old Testament law was that you had to base. Listen, you had to say." I do that. I need to repent. I need to offer a sacrifice. I need to bring something to the Lord because I've am. i I've sinned. I've lied. I've committed adultery. I've lusted. I've coveted somebody's house or land or, or wife or husband. I've done all of that. Then you're guilty. But the new covenant says if you repent of that sin, every sin you ever, ever committed was forgiven you from the time you were born. To, to now. It's because that's the covenant. See, the Old Testament, that, that lamb or that bull would just cover the sins for one year. You had to go back every year and offer the same sacrifice over and over. But not, 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 not according. The New Covenant says Jesus made that one-time price. You don't have to go offer up a goat or bull. He, he, he offered up himself and paid the ultimate price. All you have to do is if you sin, we have an advocate. Our covenant, our agreement that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. See, the Old Testament, sometimes if you commit adultery, they'd kill you. If you blaspheme God, you were dead. If you dishonored your father and mother, you will, they would kill you. <laughs> Something must be going a long time ago. So, if you want to live under the Ten Commandment law, then you have to, this is what you abide by. Paul said, you, you, you're not going to do that and live for God. You're not going to do that. See, Jesus forgave us of that. It's not that those things are not important. Because sin is still sin. And if you, break, if you, if you sin and continue sinning without repentance, you're going to go to hell. It's gonna, you're going to fall from the Lord. Okay, you're quiet this morning. What is sin? You ever ask yourself that question? Well, if you take sin and compare it to the Word of God, it's rebellion against God's Word. It's a rebellion against God's character. It's a rebellion against God's law. All right? When you sin, you break God's law. When you sin, you separate yourself further and further and further from the Lord. But you see, in the Old Testament, you couldn't couldn't do what you do today. Jesus, forgive me. Of my sins. I confess and it's gone, y'all. It's gone. He forgives you, he washes that sin away. But in the old testament, there was a penalty. You either offer a sacrifice or they kill you. You want to be on the old testament? I'm on somebody eventually gonna be either. Because I'd be dead a long time ago. You want to follow the old way? You want to go into the old covenant? Thank God for the cross, right? (laughs) Thank God. See, see, in the Old Testament, you couldn't apologize for committing adultery. They'd stone you. Well, I'm sorry. Too late. There's a penalty for sin, right? Come on, somebody. (laughs) There's a penalty for disobeying God. I just blaspheme God once. Can I offer? I'll offer 10 sheep. Nope. There is no atonement for blaspheming God in the Old Testament. You were dead. Dishonor your mother and father. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry, Dad. You're dead. And I can go on and on. You better thank God for the cross. You better thank God for the new covenant. You better worship our Jesus, who, who that new covenant is about. Because without that, you're dead. Hallelujah! Somebody say, "Amen, Amen, Jesus." Hallelujah! Oh Lord, you want to do one them them old, them old uh, Negro spirituals? Man, oh Lord, let's get it! <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> hey, oh Jesus! Oh, I want to worship now, Lord. But you, hey, listen, when you're gonna find out what God delivered you from, you're gonna have a Holy Ghost fit in heaven. Come on now. You, you Listen, you, you say, well, I don't worship much on the earth. You, you, you're going to worship in heaven when he's going to show you what he saved you from. Huh? Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> the old man is crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, the body of sin is destroyed. Okay? Your, your life is not the same. You're a brand new person. Old things are passed away. Okay? Remember that. Just listen. I'm going I'm to quote, just paraphrase. There's no way I can... Romans 6:14 says, "Sin shall not have dominion over you." Come on, somebody. How dare we stand up and say, "Oh we are all sinners, but what does that? You can go read it for yourself. I, write it down. If sin is, has dominion over you, you don't know God. Come on, somebody. If sin is controlling you and bounding you up, you don't know God. Now listen. A lot of people go, they, listen, there's people that got born again, they struggle with stuff for years. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? If you stop and say, well, I, I want to keep this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it in my life, and it's, it's my little sin in, 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 the, in the corner somewhere, under the cover somewhere. Listen, God, God you, you, it's going to come back to bite you. When you refuse to let Jesus forgive you and purge you, you know, Mrs. James has been married 40 years. You know, I have no desire for no other wife. I don't even think about it. Divorce? Murder maybe, but not divorce. <laughs> no, not even that. I, I can't see myself with anybody. But if I die, she's not bound. If she chooses to marry, only some, again, only somebody in the Lord, she has that right come on she said she wouldn't but that's, that'd be her decision but if she chooses to it would be nothing wrong as long as she's somebody in the lord jesus compares this thing as the law and grace see the old way has died it's been waxed away it's 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 it's, it's come on somebody i'm talking about the old covenant the old in the Jewish covenant, the old sacrificing at the temple, all that stuff. All of that was gone. And now we're married to Jesus. See, if she goes and gets a divorce and marries somebody while I'm still alive, she's going to be an adulteress. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. But as long as I'm alive... She can't marry another. Now, if I die, she can go. Only in the Lord. The Jesus is trying to, Paul is trying to teach. If the old law has died, if the old way has died, then we can marry Jesus. And his way. And his covenant. Come on, somebody. Listen, I would not want to live under the Old Testament. I don't got enough sheep. (laughs) I don't got none. No boy. I'd have to find something else. (laughs) And everything around here is unclean. Frogs and dogs and cats. That's all unclean. (laughs) We can't offer that. (laughs) But seriously, I don't have the ability to keep the Ten Commandments. But in Jesus, I have the strength. And you know what keeps me going? The fear of the Lord. The fear of judgment. Because if I don't follow Jesus, I'm lost, okay? And I know everybody here would agree with me. If I don't follow Jesus, I'm lost. If I don't hold to his way, I'm lost. Unless I can be the most religious person on the earth. If I don't accept Jesus, I'm going to hell. Oh, you're so blunt. It's true. Come on. Without eternal life in Christ, I'm doomed to a devil's hell. So I'm married to Jesus. As much as Moses was a fine, powerful prophet, I'm not married to Moses. <laughs> who gave the law? Moses. Who set up the, 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 the uh, of course, he got it from the Lord, but who set up the, the temple? Moses. Who got the message from God to do all that? Moses. My God, I feel like preaching. Man. I am not married to Moses. I'm married to Jesus. Right? Listen, that don't mean the Ten Commandments are not stealing for especially if nine of them. Because the Sabbath day, Jesus had more problem with the Sabbath because he was healing somebody on the Sabbath that was bound for 40 years. Oh, and he wanted to judge him. But I can tell you right now, God still tells you you can't have no other gods before you. It's sin. Now, if you do, if you choose another God, then you're going against the word of God. You become under the law. You'll be judged by the law. Did you choose to commit adultery? You've broken the marriage vows. Come on. you Now you're under the law. You judge. You choose. You see what I'm saying? You choose to accept Jesus' covenant. You're going back under the law. Really, the law didn't have nothing to do with the Gentile anyhow. But still, the commandment of God is still there. The Ten Commandments are still other than the Sabbath, I always think. But the, the Ten Commandments are still in effect. Because if you choose to be under the law, then you be judged by the law. If you choose to be under Jesus, you're judged by Jesus. Listen, I'm not trying to accept. God's commandments are holy. They're pure. They're just. They're, they're righteous. Shall we, shall we accept Jesus and continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Grace doesn't give you a license to sin. That's not part of the new covenant. <laughs> Come on. The new covenant is to live free from sin, right? Okay. I'm almost finished. We need to get more into detail. It'd be more into uh, a. But I'm just kind of brushing up on it, okay? I want to let you know you're either on one covenant or the other. You remember, Paul is talking to Roman, Jewish, Roman Jewish people that were living in Rome. And I mean, uh, Jews. That are so orthodox. I mean, they're so they're so caught up in the law. It's like you go and tell a Catholic today. Come on, and a lot of Catholics are, are starting to realize I can't confess my sins to a priest. I had Catholics tell me that. But no, that's not right. But some of the real rooted ones, don't you dare say anything against not praying to Mary. Don't you dare say. Listen, you talk about having a fight. Listen, and these are the ones that's so rooted in it, they don't even know what they believe. Seriously, I'm going to be honest. I've talked to some of them. They don't know what they believe. When I tell them, you know, Mary, nowhere ever in the scripture said to pray to her. Never. I've read the Bible. I, you ever saw it? You ever said, to Mary, Mary, come and I'll intercede for you to my son? Not, not one time. Mary was a godly woman. Mary was chosen specifically by God. To give birth to Jesus. She had. A, she had a, listen, she did something that no other woman in the world ever done. Gave birth to the Messiah. We see Mary, the Catholic Mary. We don't see the Mary of the Bible a lot of times. And a lot of religious people, they stuck on the Mary of the, of the Catholic Church. That's not the Mary of the Bible. When I, when I, when I, I lifted Mary, I, you know and say Mary was a godly woman. Mary served God. That's true. But she never said she was to be prayed to. Never. Matter of fact, she said the totally opposite. She said, whatever Jesus says, do it. Remember that when he made the water and the wine? So if you're going to obey Mary, you better do what Jesus says, right? What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father. He didn't say go to his mother. <laughs> he said, I am the mediator between God and man. One mediator. <laughs> he made it specific. One. 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 There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Okay. For sin shall not have dominion over you in chapter 6, verse 14. 6, and you have to read it for yourself, chapter 6, verse 20 to 22. It talks about, but now having been set free from sin. Go ahead and read that. Set free from what? Paul's making it clear you could be set free from sin. You're not a sinner. If you're a sinner, then you're not born again. Listen to me. I don't mean you, you... I'm not telling you you're perfect, okay? Listen real good what I'm saying. It, listen, if you're still categorize as a sinner, then you're sinning, right? Mm-hmm. But for a Christian that is born again, sin don't have dominion over you. You're not a sinner. Now, if you choose to walk away from then you could easily become under the law, which the law is going to judge you for sin. The same sin that you refuse to get rid of in, in Jesus. The law become your judge. The law is the schoolmaster. You know what I'm saying? The law taught us how, got us ready to accept Jesus. The law showed us sin and it was exceedingly sinful. The law showed you how how, how evil your heart was and your sinful your life was. But repenting and coming to Jesus, that sin was gone. Okay? Hallelujah. (laughs) Verse 23 says, for the wages of sin is, somebody read it? Death. Death. If I'm a sinner, then I'm guilty of death. The wages for my sins. See, there's no such thing as a sinning Christian. Now that might sound kind of strange because you hear preachers today, oh, we all sin, we're not perfect. There's no such thing as a sinning Christian. My Bible says that sin is the wages of death. The wages of sin is death. So how do I get out from that debt? I accept Jesus, right? My sins are cleansed and washed away. So sin has no dominion over me. Sin can't control my life. Or oh, I can let it do it. I can let my flesh get into sin. But in my heart, listen, how many of you really want to sin in this church? Not one. I don't believe there's one that wants to disobey God. I honestly don't believe that. But if you was a sinner... It wouldn't bother you, right? If you was a sinner, you would just do it. If you can get away with it and hide it and put it under the covers, you would do it and feel good about it. Because you, you've, got, you've gotten over somebody. you hurt somebody, and nobody has to know who is you. That's what's, come on, Holy Ghost. But that's not a person in this building right now, I don't believe, honestly wants to sin against God. See, that's the difference between wanting to sin and not wanting to sin, why do you? Want, why don't you want to sin yet? And you fear. Listen, you fear God. You fear the judge. But not only that's because you have a love for the Lord and a relationship. Like I love my wife. That's why I don't go meet another woman. See, I'm bound to her as long as we're married. She's bound to me as long as we're married. But the point is. There are people today that dishonor that marriage vow. And they go and they meet other women or other men. And it's a word called fornication. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I, I thought about that that word for a while back. How evil is it to go take something from somebody. See, some that, that woman, that man's gonna marry somebody one day. And that precious spirit of virginity was set aside for that person to get to marry. Some devil can go in and just rip through that like it's nothing. But there's a a bond between a husband and a wife, right? There's a bond of unity, oneness. Listen, my wife can see me like you can't see me. She can see me. She could. I'm I'm not going to get, personal but any anyway, you know in my birthday suit she can see me wherever where she wants to see. she can see me like nobody else can see me because she is what my wife now watch how does jesus see you jesus can see you like nobody else sees you right because of the intimate relationship you have with it. i remember years ago i preached a message that being intimate with the lord somebody says are you telling us with how we can have sex with god i said come on man be for real it's because he was stupid. Because he, he was using, st- he didn't see the spiritual side of what I was saying. God can see you like nobody else can see you. Jesus sees you like nobody. Jesus goes where you go. Let when we said this morning, you know, where I go, you go. Where I lay, you lay. That's the song of Ruth. Ruth followed her mother-in-law. Where you gonna die? I'm gonna die. Where you gonna be buried? I'm your God is my God. I said, come on, be for real. I mean, because you know what? He wanted a reason to fight. Just looking for some reason, not to, because you see, he had a, he had a, listen, he had a, a bad relationship with his wife. Nobody in here. <laughs> not in here, okay? Somebody I knew. And look, I told him, I said, you know what? I can tell how much you love God and how you treat your wife. Oh, <laughs> if you treat it like dirt, that's what kind of fate you have. Because if you can't reflect your relationship with God on your wife or your husband, then that's the kind of relationship you have with them. Somebody getting mad at me? Come on, somebody! I'm not trying to pick, but I'm talking about something God told me. If I degrade her, then what kind of relationship I have with God? If I dishonor and she dishonors me, what kind of relationship we have with the Lord? That reflects back on, on our marriage, right? Jesus talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. I talked about that. One day I want to be sitting there at that table, praise God. But you know what? It's because I'll be, I'm married to Christ. I'm there because I've given my life to Jesus. Because I accepted his way and his covenant. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, boy. I'm almost feeling serious. <laughs> let me read this to you. and I'll, I'll, <laughs> Your covenant with God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24 says, He has a better covenant. Jesus has a better covenant. See, than the Old Testament. See, you can get things, with, get things under the covenant of Christ you would never be able to get. Like forgiveness for adultery, forgiveness for lying, forgiveness for dishonoring your father and mother. That is acceptable with just repentance now. But in the Old Testament, it was, it, you, you, you were dead. You were killed. You, you were stoned. Jeremiah says in 31.31, 31, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. Right? Jesus came to make that covenant, y'all. Jesus offered them a better way. They rejected it. Right? They accepted the law. Therefore, they were judged by the law. Didn't have to happen that way. Okay? I do not want to be judged by the Ten Commandments. I'll be honest with you. I don't want the penalty that comes with it. Then all of us are gone. We have no hope. If I was judged by the Ten Commandments and look at my mom cross-eyed and dishonor her, they would kill you. If I, I, I don't dare in the Old Testament raise a hand to her or put a hand on her. Because if you raise, a child raised his hand to his father, his mother, they would kill you. Just think if we had that law today.'d be a lot, a lot less rebellion, right? Yeah. The, Hebrews 8: 13 says, "The old way was waxed away." Go ahead and read it. Jesus is the mediator in chapter eight of Hebrews verse six, of a new covenant. What does that mean? He's a lawyer? See, he goes to God for you. When you repent, he goes to the Father. He says, my child has repented, Lord. He's, she or he asked forgiveness. Then he presents that to the Lord. And he presents it with the, his blood. Think about that. When we sing that song, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood of Jesus, cleanses me, washes me white as snow. You know, we singing that song, but do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? When you sin, he goes to God for you. He makes intercession for you. He is the intercessor. He is the mediator. He is the lawyer. When you go to court, you better have a good lawyer. Or you, you go on. Listen, if that other, that other one can make a better case, even if it's not true, he's going to win the case. If there's nobody to represent you. <laughs> I'm almost <finished>. Amen. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord, help. Please, Jesus, intercede for me. Mediate for me. Do what you got to do. I don't want to face God. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. He's a consuming fire. My God, when's the last time you heard that quote by a preacher? <laughs> he's, a, he's a judge. He's a God that judges sin. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of the covenant we have with him, y'all, we've been made free. You know, I've, I've watched people. Let's, I've heard stories over the years, a so lot in this church, about the judge. A man that's condemned to death. And he goes before a judge. He says, well, you know what? You got to die because you took a life. But wait a minute. What if the president pardons him? Right? You know, the, the president has the power to pardon the, the wickedest criminal. Come on, somebody. Because the, 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 they have given the president power to set someone free. But what if that judge looks at him and says, you, you, you go into the lecture chair. And then he turns around and says, you know what? I'll, I'll set you free. A judge can make that kind of decision. You know? It angers you when you see a judge setting free a child molester, but letting baby murders go free. Can murder babies by the means of abortion, but no, that, not the the thing is that it's not the judge. He, some of them they, they're not gonna do their job. They're gonna they're gonna follow the flow. But a true judge would execute judgment, all right? But Jesus is my judge, okay? And what does he do? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 it says this: By grace are you saved. Through faith. It's not of yourself. Listen, that's grace is listen, grace is the, the mercy of God. What does that mean to have grace? It means God's favors on your life. When he goes to God, you got grace. <laughs> Come on, you got favor. So when Jesus goes up before the Father, he says, Father, this is my this is the grace. I got the grace for them. I got the graces covering them. They, they've been born again. They they love you, they've asked forgiveness. Well, you couldn't get it under the Old Testament. Come on, somebody. Oh, grace grace sounds a little bit more important. (laughs) Because of the covenant of God, I'm almost finished. Romans 7, verse 1 and 6 says, you are dead to the law. That's what it says. Go ahead and read it. If you're born again, you're dead to the law. The law is not your judge. Now, you can choose to be under the law and face the penalty of the law, But because you're under Jesus, you live a righteous and holy life. Listen, people say, I was born again in 1985. And I still like this and I still do this. I say, you ain't born again. If there's no change in your life, you're not saved. (laughs) If you still desire the old way, you'll be judged under the old way. You'll be judged for your sins. If you're bound by it. And you refuse to acknowledge Jesus Christ as the only way for redemption and turn from your wicked ways. You're doomed. There's no hope for you outside of Jesus. In Romans 7 through 12 and I get time to read. I'm almost finished though. I, didn't, I did not know sin until the commandments came and told me I was a sinner. See, where there was no commandments nobody could tell me what I was doing was wrong. But now... The commandments came and showed you what sin was. Now you're guilty. You have no excuse. How could I I, I get rid of that? The law, the Ten Commandments are spiritual. Don't ever think I'm talking about uh, against the Ten Commandments. I'm not. What were they there for? They were there to show you what sin was and the penalty for sin. But I'm carnal. I'm fleshly. See, the commandment says, if you do this, you'll die. Come on. The carnal mind, the carnal body, they can relate to that because they're carnal. I mean, you could tell somebody that's never went to church, said, so, you think stealing is a sin? Oh, you think stealing is wrong? i just use that. Oh, yeah. Why? Because it was in their hearts. Just the a cat. God put it in their heart. The conscience tells you that sin is wrong. The conscience will tell you. What, what you think gonna, God's going to judge the people in Noah's day? He's going to judge them by their conscience. God puts it in every man delight to know what's wrong and what's right. Men reject it. Come on, somebody. Did somebody preach to the people of Noah? Noah preached. Preach righteousness. They rejected it. It's wrong, sin, to do the things you're doing. Hallelujah. Romans seven eighteen says, In my flesh dwelleth nothing good. In my flesh, this. Listen, you can't present nothing of yourself to God. Your flesh will never bring God glory. Your flesh will never praise God. It always will praise itself. It always looks for its own glory. It pushes God aside. Well, I go to church, it don't matter, praise God. If you come to church just to show you you're a Christian, then you, listen, you're flesh. If you're coming here to prove a point to somebody or someone, then it's flesh. If you can't come here for the glory of Christ, it's flesh. Oh, oh may Come on. If you come here just to prove you're a Christian and you, you, you no, you're not here to prove nothing. You're here to glorify the Lord. You come here and just said well i'm spiritual and i forget it it's not about you you're here for the glory of christ you're here to represent jesus you're here to worship him for any any other reason there's something wrong okay listen that's that's the point Well, you still self-centered what about all this worship about jesus and do what jesus said? that's the only way you're going to make it i didn't write this the Bible gave us a covenant in the New Testament that he is to be glorified. He is to be worshipped. He is to be obeyed. Because Mary said, do what he says. Boy, you tell Catholics that, they're a little come on glued, man. Because most people don't read the Bible. Most Christians don't read the Bible. I, I, was, I was telling somebody one day, I said, 90% of the church don't even read their Bible. And, so, and I said, well, was just a numb I picked out of the air. Maybe that was the Holy Ghost because somebody was reading on, on, on the radio. They, they got a, a poll. 93% of people, Christians, don't read their Bible. That was, I said that before even, I even heard of it. How are they going to know what is right? How are they going to know, you know what's, what covenant they have with the Lord if they won't pick up that book? I'm just a Christian. I sing the same song brother so-and-so sings, and I go to the same church he goes. I got this pastor and this preacher and whatever. That don't mean nothing. If you're not born again, if you don't have the, the understanding of who you are in Christ. My last one, Romans 8 13 says, And he who lives according to the flesh shall die. What's that? What does that mean? Years ago, Brother Mike told me something. He said, Lanny, and we sitting right, I remember I could. Till that day he said, What is the world? And he was just challenging me. He knew already. He said, What when he said, love not the world and the things in the world? He that love it in the world, you know, the, the love of the father is not in him. Love not the world and there are things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. And Brother Mike asked me, he said, Lenny, what is the world? I said, and then the only answer I could give him. Brother Mike, the world is anything Jesus is not. (laughs) It's, it's, It's everything against Christ. That don't mean you don't have to live in the world, work in the world. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the world system. Society. If you're more in love with the saints than you are with Jesus, then you got a problem. Come on, somebody. If you're more in love with, with the, the, the economical system and the, and the government system and the such and such system, then there's something wrong. Oh, boy, I'm so quiet. Anything that is against the word of God, the new covenant, against the word of God is the world. So if you find yourself doing something Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't want you to do or said not to do, then you're, you're heeded to the, the world. I just can't stop this. And I just can't. Listen, this, you, this, I tell people, if I put a gun to your head, you're gonna find the strength to stop it, right? All of a sudden, oh, 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 you're gonna take my life if I don't stop. <laughs> well, that's what it amounts, amounts to spiritually. If you don't stop, you, you're gonna you gonna, gonna die. Okay, I'm finished. <laughs> I hope this helped you this morning, but just something. If you can understand who you are and what your covenant is with God, you're gonna make it. Listen, when you do something wrong, when you sin, and you feel that condemnation, you feel that shame, it ought to be there. If you don't feel anything, I had one not brother one time, he was he came up to get prayed, and I was, Oh, he loved God and everything else. But you see, I said, you know what your problem is? You like your sin. I got somebody mad at me for that. I said, you like what you're doing. That's why you don't stop it. Today, you ain't serving God. Come on. Listen, if you you like your sin, and if you can make an excuse for it, you better stop and say, wait a minute. That ain't, whatever's not, this is not about what I say, seriously. It's what's pleasing to the Lord. Okay, what God says. Because you can go read all the scriptures I gave. Go read them. If you're not free today, then you're on the other side. If you're not free from sin, if sin, is not, if you have, sin has dominion over your life, if you say, everybody's, listen, that's what a lot of those preachers say. Oh, we're all sinners. Then you're not free. If you just tell me you're a sinner, sin has dominion over your life. Right? It's controlling you. No, i'm not saying you're perfect listen to me because i wish i could be all god wants me to be i wish i could walk in every detail and i fail. god can you be can you sin and not be sin yes because you repent of your sin that's that's the nature is not in you to sin come on somebody there's no desire in you to sin you're not gonna you're not gonna stay there and just make excuses for it you're gonna do something about it that's a saint that's a, 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 a regenerated heart. That's a repentant heart. Why are you making this sound so personal? It is personal, right? It is between you and God. I can't make you saved. <laughs> if the righteous scarcely be saved. The Bible says, "Where are the sinner and God is going to appear. What does that mean? Righteous? Because we tr- we, we, we're, we're wrestling with God. We, I mean, we, we're fighting these battles. I mean, you, listen. A, a sinner, a sinner's going to sin just because he's a sinner. He he does it because that's what he does. That's what he. Uh, listen, I was once a sinner. I was once enslaved by sin. When I could get rid of sin, uh, get, get away with sin, I would do it. And you do it. You do it too. Yeah. But now, try it. Now, try to sin and see what happens. If you're born again, you, <laughs> you're going to be the most uncomfortable, most miserable, most. <laughs> listen, I've been in that boat. I remember I sinned against God as a Christian one time. The Lord said, Lenny, I said, God, I was going to borrow money for my business. And I said, God said, don't do it. I went ahead and do it anyhow. And you talk about miserable, Sister Anthony. Oh, for three weeks I fell. I tried to pray, man. What's God? Oh, Lord. Thank God he forgave me. Oh, man, it was so hard to pray. How dare you tell people to believe me and you don't? I if you're going to tell somebody something, you better make sure that you got it together yourself. How can he that said thou shalt not steal, do you steal? Remember what Paul said? How can you say thou shalt not lie? Do you lie? Oh, Lord. How many want to close walk with Jesus? That's the only way. That's the only way. A holy life. Without holiness, no man shall see God.